Adam Crowley Show. I mean, I cannot believe the kind of nonsense that I am hearing right now. On ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM and 106.3 FM. Tensions are high at Sense Season Wexford. <laughs> Bud Light March Maniac Crowley here with you along with Brian LaMartina and my man Tom Offerman hitting buttons over here. Usually he's hitting buttons back there. And really, everyone's does more than just hit buttons, but the tensions are high. Uh, Tom and I did not know what the other was thinking going into the last segment. Now I was trying to check how much battery life in his phone because I need to charge my phone, but I threw his phone on the ground by accident. He's not happy about it. Rob Rossi, meanwhile, cannot be found. He's deep in the bowels of PNC Park somewhere, probably hanging out with the pirate parrot because he loves birds. I don't know what's happening. It's a mess. We got to end the show. You're out of Bud Light. That's, I know. It. That's another thing. I know. I we can do it. Try to we take can, my last we can swig rally. Here. Look, we're a professional organization. We may not sound like it, but this is where we like we pull up our boots and we rally, man. Let's get it done. Rally caps on, baby. This is Trevor Williams' time. I also don't have a phone here uh, or a call screener, so I don't know when we're calling Rossi. I don't know when we're going to talk to Rossi. We're going to find him at some point. I was hoping he would join me for 40 minutes today on the show. I don't think that's happening any longer. And meanwhile, we've all been doing this since the morning time. Oh, we've been up early. It was an early day for us going out to opening day and hanging with the people. Man. Last time I ever do that, by the way, talk to the people. You people make me sick. So does Rossi. He joins us now. Rob, hello. Why do people make you sick? Usually it's the other way around. Rob, you think you're a bigger deal now than you used to be because you got this owl and now you're trying to move your radio times around? Adam, I've always been a bigger deal. Before I was even a deal, I've been a bigger deal. <laughs> Rob, why'd you have to move the times? Because uh, I'm about to get on the trolley and I wanted to give you a chance to uh, talk to me, not in a crowded uh, environment. I was being courteous. Here's what I'm kind of hoping from you, Rob. I'm hoping that you will do this segment with me, and then you will do the next segment with me on the trolley. Um, well, it depends, I guess, on how well this segment goes. How are your Indians doing, Thir- by the way? Not as good as the Buckos, but yeah. that's why they play 162 of these things. <laughs> uh, Rob, I didn't sense any optimism from Pirates fans when I was down there talking to all the no. snowflakes prior to the show, and 30,000 people showed up. It was awful. No, uh, How was didn't. the vibe no, at the park? Didn't. No, they didn't. There weren't 30,000 in the ballpark. <laughs> mm. uh, I mean, I, uh, I know what they announced, but I can tell you that crowd from being there looked like it was the size of what you would get on, like, the first – or maybe the second night game of the season. It was a very small crowd. So I would say conservatively there might have been 21,000 in the ballpark. Wow. Uh, it it was a very big crowd. Why that low of an attendance this year whenever they sold out every single year in PNC Park's history, including the year after they had 105 freaking losses? Well, you know, look, I, I, I will give Pirates fans credit, Adam, which, you know, I'm, I'm – an equal opportunity offender, but 
I think they're mad, and I think they think that this is how they have to show it. I mean, uh, you know, uh, you were down there, but if you saw it, if you didn't see it, walking across the bridge, people were paper bagging it. I mean, people had paper bags they were handing out. Uh, I talked to some people in the stadium who were talking about just how, you know, they, they're going to go to this because they like opening day, but they don't want to go to any other games this year. They want to send a message. I mean, I, look, they didn't sell this game out today. If you, if you were at the game, you saw that it was a very smaller crowd than the one that was announced. Um, this team's 4-0 and and had about as exciting as a start as you could have hoped for if you're a Pirate fan, and there's still not a lot of buzz. I, I think that's a direct correlation to years of frustration and this offseason being a tipping point. And, I, and I'll be interested to see if it continues, Adam. I really will. Because, you know, winning usually is the cure-all, but I wonder, and I think this is a fair question to ask right now from people in the sports media, what type of start do the Pirates have to have to override the resentment that's there that seems to have built up and carried over? Here's what needs to happen, in my opinion, Rob. The Pirates need to have a great season, one in which they are legitimate contenders, and the ownership needs to acquire players to help them get over the top. And if yeah. Pirates fans see that, and only if Pirates fans see that, will they buy in hook, line, and sinker? Uh, well, look. I think if they, have a, I think if they have a season in which they contend and ownership, you know, puts money into the team, I think there'd be every reason to buy in if you're a Pirates fan. But look, I, I don't look at what happened today as insignificant. Um, the the people spoke. You know, as, you know, elections have consequences. So do turnstiles. And when you don't sell out your home opener in Pittsburgh, look, that's a guarantee sellout. This is ballpark open. You just said it. I mean, to not sell that out should be alarming. Um, I think, and again, I, I give Pirate fans credit here, Adam, uh, to know that that has been a game that's always been sold out since they moved into this stadium. And to not sell it out and to have so many you have swaths of physically empty sections. I mean, if, if that doesn't send a message to Bob Nutting, I don't know what will send the message. Now, that doesn't mean he cares what the message is. That doesn't mean he'll change a thing. But you can't be critical of people for not sending the message because they did. Rob Rossi joining me here on the Crowley Show. And, Rob, I think the next thing we see is if this continues is that You'll have all the talking heads at the top of the Pirates organization come out and say, oh, well, we're not going to be able to spend money if you don't show up. Right. Uh, that'll be their line, and that's nonsense. Right. Well, and I think a lot, too. I mean, Adam, I think one thing that might play into this, and we're not sure yet, is how long does the hockey season last here? I mean, um, let's face it. The Pirates become a more viable option for your entertainment dollar if the Penguins aren't playing a while. And uh, this could work in the Pirates' favor this year. I mean, it really could. It could be a shorter postseason than it has been the past two years for the Penguins. And if that's the case, I think people might spend their money. But, oh, look, the weather didn't help today. I mean, I mean, certainly they didn't get a walk-up crowd because of the weather. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, the Pirates already say that. If, we, if they, always, they already had used that line, you know, when they were good, they were saying we weren't getting enough people into the ball yard to justify spending more money. So it's tough to see what they could do. I mean, other than... Other than, you know, Rachel 
Phelpsing it in a major league version, what could they do other than not spend money? I guess just slash the payroll considerably. Yeah, and honestly, that's what I wanted them to do because I think that it's better to be awful than it is to be mediocre, but you don't want them to do it for that reason, obviously, because then you're just cutting off your nose to spite your face of your Pirates fans. Rob Rossi joining me here on the Crowley Show. It begs this question. We've been debating it internally here on the show and off the air, I think, something we'll get to later on in the program, but do you think they're going to sell out a game this year? No. I mean, they always sell it opening day. If they're not selling that no. one out, then tell me when they're going to sell one out. Fireworks nights of late hadn't been selling out all the time either. No, I mean, I just, I don't. I, I mean, short of, you know, look, I mean, I guess we should qualify this as saying, you know, they go off the line. If they get 20 wins out of the first month and suddenly find themselves, you know, if it, if it, by Memorial Day weekend, they are somehow leading the division. <laughs> I think then that, that brings different discussions into it, but tough to see right now. I mean, look at them again. People are mad. And it's not that they're mad at this particular team on the field, right? They're mad at the last several years. I think they're mad at the message as much as the, they're mad at the message as much as they are the method, right? Like they feel that their intelligence has been insulted. And that's a tough thing to overcome. And this isn't just a winning will cure all thing. I, uh, with the Pirates, I think, I think there is an element of people feel abused. Uh, people feel wronged. And I think in anything in this world right now, this is a movement-driven world right now. And I think there's a portion of the Pirate fans, not that I'm equating movements with real life as opposed to this, but I think there's a portion of Pirate fans that feel like their movement right now is aimed at sending a message that they're not happy. And, look, Pittsburghers can be very parochial and they can be very stubborn, and sometimes in life that works against Pittsburghers to the mind or to the thinking of people like me, but in this case I think it works for them. Uh, I think they're going to be very stubborn about this. He's bound and down, loaded up and trucking. Are we going to do what they say? Can't Breaker, Breaker 1-9. Got a 20 on a local yokel. Swirling flashlights and plucking pigeons by the Band-Aid stand on Bower Hill Road facing the left coast. Drop that hammer back so you're not dropping them greenbacks. You see a Miss Piggy, Mama Bear, Baby Bear, Bear in the Air, or Bear in the Bushes, you give us a holler and we'll save you the freight. 412-922-2874. And you always remember, keep your shiny side up and your skin's on the ground. Over now. He's pounding down. Hey Rob, do you think TV ratings are something you need to look at now? I think maybe we would see a lot of people still watch on TV even though they weren't at the ballpark. Well, from what I understand, the ratings were down last year. I always look at it this way, Adam. Usually when TV ratings are down, we don't hear about the number. Um... Uh, when the ratings are good, that number finds a way to leak itself to the media. Uh, the number hasn't been good the last couple of years, and you haven't seen it as reported on as much. So, uh, look, I mean, I think another thing, too, is the Pirates haven't started playing at night. Again, they haven't been the only thing in town, right? Um, I, again, that, that plays a factor. I mean, we have it has been a while here since late April wasn't dominated by the Penguins. If late April the Penguins aren't involved in the Stanley Cup playoffs and the Pirates are off for a good start, I, 
I think people will watch this team on television more than they will go see him at the ballpark, uh, certainly early on, maybe all season. Because even when the Pirates think- were thinking out loud, Adam, their, their television audience was still averaging yes. around a four, which is pretty good for a market that went 20 years without winning. Yeah, without a doubt, Rob. You're not wrong about that at all. Rob Rossi joining me here on the Crowley Show. If the TV ratings were to take a dip, if the attendance were to do what we think it's going to do and the Pirates not get a sellout this year, do you think that Major League Baseball would have to have its hands forced to do something, anything uh, what can they against do? this ownership? What can they do? I mean, we've, no seen, we've seen it in other leagues. Now, no look. Well, I just, what's the evidence of the, I mean, look, the, the ownership spending, what are they spending, 80-some million dollars? Like, if they were cutting the payroll to 30, that's different, but they're not doing that. I mean, I don't know what they could do, because the Pirates could make the argument that, you know, they can counter sort of every rational argument here. I mean, I don't, <laughs> baseball's not set up to punish an owner for not spending more than the owner wants to spend. It's just not. Um, so I, you know, I, I think there's a chance Major League Baseball could be facing a real sticky situation as a whole with their, their union saying, look, we, last year you spent a billion more dollars on, what, 15 fewer players in the offseason, but I don't think this particular ownership group is going to be the one that punish. I think that's fair. I think that's all realistic. Uh, I think that I should throw some irrational arguments out there. Maybe that would help. You said any rational argument they'd be able to swat down. How about the irrational ones? Uh, it's just a bummer, man. Hell, Clint Hurdle said he wanted to bond this town with its baseball team, and a couple of years ago he did, and now I feel like they're lower than where they were even when they were losing 100 games. Well, I think I think what's going to be fascinating when we look back at this chapter is that the Pirates create a monster by winning. You know, they, they turned the thing around. They ended the losing streak. Then they had a 98-win team. And, you know, this is the argument, you know, my, one of my good friends I went to the game with, uh, Jeff, you know, he, he said it. I think this is on the minds of a lot of different people that are Pirate fans that are upset, which is it's not so much this season that upset them. It's the fact that when they look back, they had a 98-win team and didn't do a thing to improve it. Right. And I, I, I that's what I hear a lot, Adam. I don't know about you, but that's what I hear a lot. And... That's tough in a town where the teams have tried to improve, you know. Um, it's not an apples-to-apples comparison. You know, the Penguins every year, for better or worse, this year I think worse, try, try to get better in season um, and out of the season. And the Pirates don't do that. And, it's, again, it's a salary cap sport versus non-cap sport. But I think that's the one that hurts them. Um, I think that's just, the one that you... people can't reconcile. And they tasted it, right? When they weren't tasting victories here, when they were tasting losing baseball every summer, there was a willingness to accept it. You start letting them taste, you know, you start letting people eat at the big boy table or at the, at the you know, not the kids table or start letting people eat filet mignon when you were feeding them steak and then you ask them to feed steak again, they're going to be less willing to, to digest that. Well, it's the whole flowers for Algernon thing, right? It's exactly what it is. Once you taste it, you don't want to go back to the right. way things were before, and this when they do, well, were, you know, a dictator, sucks. I would never let people have information or food. But you know, the pirates made that mistake. I don't. <laughs> I don't know about the tater part, Rob, but you got the other half. You got the prefix <laughs> of that word all locked up. Uh, coming up next, do you mind trying to talk to us on the team? I'll try. I'll try.
because you said a couple of things there that really piqued my interest as it relates to the Penguins, for better or worse, at the trade deadline. Maybe they won't be playing late into April this year. I want to try to digest, uh, dissect it with you. Uh, we'll try next. Uh, appreciate the time from Rob, as always. Maybe that'll work. Maybe it won't. The way things have been going today, it won't, but it'll still be good. It's the Crowley Show. The Adam Crowley Show. Oh, he went the bottom. I give up, man, if you're not going to be honest about it. I give. John, Thanks my nipple looks on. like my Bye-bye. nipple looks like my cat like a like my cat's nipple. <laughs> Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. Pirates won today in front of thirty thousand people. Pirates fans are pissed. We talked in the middle of the last summer about the Pirates mutiny. Arr! I'm a starter to that. All me. Actually, I think it was Brian's idea. But regardless... You started it. That's our show, baby. We're the reason 9,000 people didn't show up today, according to the official attendance. Rossi, who's on the line now, says that less people showed up than reported. We'll get back to the Pirates maybe in a little bit, and certainly on the show. But, Rob, you left a couple of interesting tidbits just sitting there in the interview in the last segment. It seems like you don't think the Penguins have the goods this year. Yeah. I don't think they have the goods this year. Uh, I just I don't see how any, any reasonable person can look at this season in its totality and, and feel like this team is on target or near the target of doing what it did the last two years, was, you know, winning the Stanley Cup. I, I don't think this team is built to win four rounds. I think depending on the matchup, I'm not sure they're built to win one round. Um, This isn't as good a team as it was two years ago. This isn't as good a team as it was last year. There's a lot of reasons for that. People that think they can flip the switch, I'll just ask, what are they going to flip this switch? Do you think they're capable of playing the way they did two years ago when they used their speed in an oppressive way to deny teams the puck and also to deny teams space. Do you think they're capable of doing that consistently? I don't. Do you think they're capable of counter-punching in a resilient way, sort of letting teams power themselves out and then using their experience to win games like they did last year? I don't think they are. I don't think they're as good in goal as they were two years ago or last year. They're not as deep on defense. They're not as good up front, and they are so reliant on Crosby and Malkin and Kessel and Hornquist, and that is going to be easier to deal with in the playoffs when the games are called tighter. They don't get as many power play opportunities. I do think this team is dealing with some fatigue. I think that's totally not an excuse. That's just the reality of the situation. It's really hard to win three years in a row. This league has adjusted to the Penguins' strengths, the Penguins, it's certainly realistic to think that they need a, a season and a runoff season to, you know, reacclimate to this new NHL that they created, this speed game. And I just don't see a long run for them. Now, look, they've proven me wrong before, but I mean, I think people that are looking at this and going, well, once the playoffs come, they'll be invested. They're invested now. They're not as good as some of these teams. And all of the metrics show that. 
Yeah, I think you're selling them short, Rob. I know all the things that you're saying are true. I know that you know hockey. We are two reasonable people who will have reasonable opinions, and we are going to disagree here. I thought that the Penguins, when the calendar flipped, they hit that stride of incredible hockey. And I still think that's in there. Does it mean they're better than Boston? I don't know. Does it mean they're better than Tampa? Eh, probably not. Does it mean that they're definitely better than New Jersey? Yeah, I think it, it does in that regard and better than Columbus, and I'm not worried about Washington for reasons that we've discussed before. I don't think they have to score four goals a game in the yeah, playoffs. Well, I think the defense was worse last year than it is right now. I think the goaltending I don't is, think the goaltending is going to be as bad, though. Oh, I'm not sure Because why here's why. That. Here's why. Here's why. Because prior to his concussion, Matt Murray was playing the best hockey this season. He played nine and I think that, games before his concussion, Adam. He hasn't been that great since. He has never played in front of a, or behind a team that has been this bad defensively. They are atrocious away from the puck. They do not close gap like they used to. This is a team that doesn't have an identity that's conducive to winning. When they went on that run, Evgeny Malkin was averaging close to two points, actually averaging two points a game. Sidney Crosby was averaging 1.8 points per game during that run. Phil Kessel was at that level, too. You are now asking three great players, and they are great players, to do superhuman things to get them to win games. They are so much more reliant this year than they were before on their superstars carrying the team. They went out at the trade deadline and I think erroneously assessed that they needed to upgrade at third-line center as opposed to keeping their defense intact. If you look at their team since they've lost Ian Cole, and I put that on the coach who didn't like Ian Cole, um, this is a team that defensively in its own zone has not been as good. He was one of the few defensemen that they had, other than Olimata, who could play a slower game. Their penalty kill has been bad since Cole left. That's not a coincidence, and I'm not saying Cole's the greatest defenseman ever, but I don't think the goaltending is going to be much greater. And here's the reality. It's going to have to be at a better level this postseason than it was the previous two postseasons for them to have a chance of success. And when you watch them play teams with speed, like Toronto, like the New Jersey Devils, what you Tampa, see New consistently, Jersey, yeah. yes, no, Toronto's in that era too. When you see them play those oh, yeah, teams, yeah. you see the Penguins resort to trading chances with those teams because they cannot keep the puck away from those teams and that's a problem so you think that they're invested now uh, i think that there's a different level of desperation when the playoffs hit. you said that they're terrible away from the puck this penguins team and they have shown that but i don't necessarily think that that's been the issue all season long i really don't uh, i think it's been a problem that's crept into their game of late well, I think goaltending's goal been bad. Look at this year. Their goaltending has stunk this year compared to the last yeah, few years. Yeah, and I, I, think, I, think that, I, think that's the, I think that's the problem. I don't think well, it's only the way that they play, Rob. I think it helps to have Marc-Andre Fleury and Matt Murray as opposed to well, Mark on, or to Matt Murray, who's I dealing with his father right having passed. Well, Adam, respectfully, I'd argue right now these Penguins, they obviously don't have Marc-Andre Fleury, and they don't have the Matt Murray of last year. And but I don't think it's fact. all that much of a leap to, to, to suggest that they could get him back, given the way that he's played in the playoffs the last couple of seasons and given the way that he was playing prior to he getting has, hurt this year. He has never played behind a team that has been this bad 
defensively at this level. And I think that the defense no, is better this year than it was last year. Now no, the forwards not, to me are the issue. No, their defense, first of all, their back end last year went nine deep. They go four deep this year. They're they're not nearly. They didn't have Chris Letang last year. They're yeah, you're right, but they did have guys like Davey. They don't have that now. Um, they don't have, by the way, they don't have the, the same version of even guys like Justin Schultz. He's not playing as well as he did. But my point is, defense, when I say it, is never about the defense core. I'm talking about the whole team. This is not a good sure. defensive team. And these forwards don't play the way they did two years ago. And this idea that they're going to flip the switch, it implies that the Penguins had a consistent way in which they won. And again, I said this when I filled in on your show last week. They didn't. In 2016, they won the Cup in a very specific way. In 2017, they won the Cup in a very different way. I don't know what people are talking about when they say they're going to flip the switch. This team, as it's constructed, lacks the depth overall, both at forward and on defense, to win games the way they did in 2016 and to win games the way they did in 2016. So they're going to have to invent a whole other way. Now, the, the counterpoint to this is that they have Crosby and Malkin and nobody else does, and that doesn't Correct. be enough. But here's the truth of the matter. The last four times a team has gone into an opportunity to win a third straight championship, those four teams have combined for 17 wins in that third year. There's four postseasons, and they've combined for 17 wins. That is not an accident. It is really hard to do it in this league, and this is a team right now that aside from a sensational six-week stretch has not played at a championship level. And to presume they're just going to do that because they've done it the last two years ignores that in other years they haven't been able to find that championship level. And I've been saying... Well, so let me ask you this, Rob. I don't, I don't think you're wrong with, with any of that stuff that you're saying, I'm that they haven't wrong. played to a, champion, to to a championship. Right because it bothers them. If we didn't have a delay, I think that this would be a little bit easier <laughs> for me here. But I think that you can point to a lot of teams in the Eastern Conference this year and say that it's far deeper than it was last year. But outside of Tampa and Boston, you can't name me a team that's played at a championship level all season long. They've all uh, had but they don't have like to play at a championship level. They just have to be better than the Penguins in a seven-game series. And right now, the only well, why can't team, the Penguins do that then? Right now, the only team I would pick the Penguins to beat in a round one matchup is the Philadelphia Flyers. I thought you were going to keep going there, but you didn't. I agree with that. I think that that would be the easiest series for the Penguins to play. I think that Washington, they showed that they're a really good team yesterday. And, look, they played well all season long. I think I can grant you that one. But it's Washington. And I realize that that's devoid of statistics, and I realize that that's devoid of Corsi, and that's devoid of this, that, and the other. But it's Washington. It just is. Uh, the Blue Jacks are playing really good hockey right now. I'm not convinced that if Bobrovsky's playing in the playoffs, he's going to be Bobrovsky. Uh, the Penguins last year, to me, weren't a great hockey club. This year's team, not a great hockey club. But because I saw the team win last year without Chris Letang, while not being a great hockey club, I think they can do it this year. And that team Malkin, had the Crosby, best Kessel, record in the league last year, Adam. Sure they did, Rob, but... 
You, you only have to play well in the playoffs, and I'm not convinced yeah. the Penguins played well in the playoffs last year. Oh my and they gosh. still won. Adam, now, goaltending has a lot to do with that. Adam, there's only two teams in the history of the Pittsburgh Penguins that have ever played better in a postseason than that Penguins team did last year. Oh man, um, Rob! I think that I think they were I think they were the last man standing, dude. Two years ago, no, they were much Adam, better than they were team, last year. That team was that team had remarkable depth. That team had remarkable drive, remarkable instinct. This team might have instinct. Rob, you keep this talking. You keep talking about the depth of Adam, last year's team. Malkin, Crosby, Kessel, and Gensel scored goals for them in the playoffs last year. That's it. That's the list. No, they were carried by their stars last year. That was a remarkable team last year. You don't win the Stanley Cup by failing to have remarkable players and have guys step into remarkable moments. But here's the bottom line, Adam. People talk about this Penguin team as if there's going to be, again, this level that they reach, okay? Based off of what? Based off of their alleged advantage at center? Because i got to be honest with you, we don't know what Eric Broussard's going to be. Uh, we have no idea if he fits in with this team, uh, let alone if he's going to be healthy. Their defensemen have been logging heavy minutes all year, and they've logged heavy minutes in the past. They don't have a backup goalie to turn to. They don't have a starting goalie right now that's played enough to work himself into a rhythm. They don't play particularly well away from the puck. Their penalty kill has been terrible, except for yesterday. They, they had a brief oasis from their wretched play over the past month. Yeah, I they're just don't think power play goals were allowed to be scored yesterday. Well, they're certainly reliant on a power play that isn't going to get as many opportunities in the playoffs just because of the fact that that never happens. And, again, these teams that the Penguins are going to play at them, they have all been built to beat the Penguins at the Penguins' game. I think there's a very strong possibility that next season the Penguins will win the Stanley Cup. But when you combine the overall fatigue with the roster limitations that they have and the fact that these other teams can skate with them and deny them the space that the Penguins used to own, I don't see why anybody with an educated hockey IQ would say they feel good about this team other than, well, I've seen them do it before. And to that, I'll say... I've seen you lose in round one before, too. It works all ways. And nothing I see... Have you seen him do it under Sullivan? No, I haven't. But ha! I've to in a couple of weeks. I'll, I'll grant you this, Rossi. I don't... I think... I put the, Adam, I'll tell you this right now. The over-under for me right now on this Penguin team at postseason victories, not series, victories is two. Oh. Oh. Rossi, I'll tell you this. I think they've got a much better chance to win the Stanley Cup next year than this year. But I do think that there's a level there that the Stars can take them to and that Matt Murray can take them to that uh, will get them above, yes, that two-win total that you're throwing out there. Well, Let me ask you this, though, because, be, because we're not going to agree on this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll say it, say it, just say it. Yeah. The fact that I'll be right. Hey, Rossi, if you're right, then that gives me more time to screw around and not talk about sports True. in this radio show. True. If the Penguins do get eliminated when you say that they do, the reaction will absolutely uh, be the reaction that there should be, right, from the fans. They're not going to overreact to that. Oh, though, of course they will, because Penguin fans are spoiled. <laughs> and they, they have no sense of reality. And this has been a sensational 
quarter century of penguin hockey, this particular 12 years, if they don't, if they get swept in round one, this has been nothing short of the best 12 year, the best, you know, 12 year run that the franchise has ever had. It's, it's arguably as good a 12 year run as any franchise in this town has ever had. They've won 91 playoff games. They've won, what, 23 some series. I mean, it's been, more than that, I mean, it's just been ridiculous this 12 years. But look, even with that great Detroit run, which is the only comparable during this time, they lost in the first round four times, and nobody would consider that a failure. They won the Cup four times. I think the Penguins are going to win two more championships with Crosby and Malkin. I don't doubt that. And look, maybe they'll prove me wrong this year, but they probably won't. And to be perfectly honest, if you're looking at the long-term benefit for the Pittsburgh Penguins and these fans, if these fans really want to give themselves a pat on the back for being intelligent and the hockey media this town wants to do the same thing, here's the reality. You want them to lose in round one. They need a long summer. They need to be able to take a deep breath. They need to rest up. They need to heal up so they can show up and do what they'll probably do. I think there's a good chance this team's got another repeat bit in it, but I don't think it's this year. Good stuff, Rossi. Always fun, man. Uh, did you get on the tee yet? No, I stayed here talking to you, and apparently there's like a nine-year delay, so I'm not even sure how it sounded on real radio. Yeah, that's been a problem. But uh, thank you for your time, and uh, that was fun. I don't know if I came out on top. I don't think I did. Goodbye. <laughs> See you, Trixie. Ah! I didn't come out on top. Here's the deal. Rossi's smart, right? So... When he's predicting what's going to happen, he's going with the odds. One team out of 16 teams is going to win the Stanley Cup. Anything short of that by Penguins fans will be deemed unacceptable, which is ridiculous, but that's what they'll say. Uh, Rossi knows it's unlikely for a team to win the Cup three straight years. Rossi knows that it's unlikely for whatever team that you're covering to actually win the championship. So he's playing the odds. That being said, I think he said a lot of things there that were wrong. And it's tough to debate when you've got 15 seconds between answers there, but last year's team was not a top-two Penguin team. It absolutely was not. It had a top-two run. Last year's team survived. Last year's team showed more guts, guile, and cojones than any team I've ever seen, maybe, in sports. But to say that that team is better than two years ago? Come on, Rossi. Uh, two years ago, Sidney Crosby was the third best player on the Penguins in the playoffs. Last year, they needed him to be the best. They didn't have the same depth last year that they did two years ago. They just didn't. And reasonable people with high hockey IQs can argue about whether or not they had it. And just because I think that they can flip a switch doesn't mean that I don't have the same hockey IQ. It just means that I have seen it before. And that matters. Context matters. Up next, I'm sure we'll kick that around a little bit more and what time is it even i don't know 5 40 oh geez we're late for a break opening day felt different today right josh yoey at 6 20 as well at the Crowley show sally wigan likes him and so should you adam i think i think having millennials on the radio is awesome i don't hate you god adam crowley my dogs listen to you when i walk <laughs> out the door on espn pittsburgh Ross and I have been texting back and forth, and he said, sorry, I didn't know when you were going to start talking, and I didn't know when Rob was going to end talking, and that's not just because we're not on the same 
wavelength. That's not just because we couldn't see each other, weren't in studio. That's because sometimes whenever you're on site, and we are here at Sensi's in Wexford for Bud Light March Mania, I'm sure we'll get to the game coming up tonight at some point. Uh, when you're on site, you have issues with a delay, and there's about a four-second delay between what I'm hearing and when it's going over the air, and that's an issue, and we will try to fix the issue, but it makes the conversation more difficult to have, and that was a conversation that was going at a fast pace, and the retorts were going to be quick, the snark was going to be thick, and the insults, well, I certainly didn't throw any, but Rossi was calling people out for their hockey IQ. Here's the deal. He mentioned that the last two Penguins teams had blueprints on how they'd win. Did they, though? Two years ago, sure. It was speed. It was overwhelm your opponent, and they did that. Last year, it was the counterattack. But when it's the counterattack, I don't think that's the quote-unquote formula. I think that kind of just happens because you've got talent. This year, the Penguins away from the puck haven't been good of late. Defensively, they're a disaster. I think the back end right now is a problem, but I think if you look at the players, they're better than the back end the Penguins went into the playoffs with last year. I don't think there's a doubt there. Not in my mind in Rossi's, sure, but not in my mind. I like that group better. The forwards, while you don't have the Chris Kunitzes of the world, and Matt Cullen sure was a good defensive player, you don't have those kind of guys. Nick Bonino, you do have the battle level getting ratcheted up. And Phil Kessel, who was better away from the puck this year than he's ever been in his career, has not been the last couple of weeks. Evgeny Malkin, who was lighting the world on fire with his offensive play, was doing so because he was starting in the defensive end and utilizing his abilities there to take the puck away and to send the Penguins' offense going the other direction. We haven't seen him be as good at that lately. Why? There's fatigue. And when you're fatigued, you sort of compartmentalize what's important and what's not important. Evgeny Malkin's going to play hard on the offensive side. Phil Kessel's going to play hard on the offensive side. And when you're not in the playoffs, you can do those kinds of things. When you get to the playoffs, you can't, which is why I don't think that we'll see that. So are they as good as last year's team away from the puck defensively? Time will tell. I'll probably say no, but are they bad defensively away from the puck? Not if their battle level's up. And I think that fixes it. I, I think that they've got the players capable of playing good defensive hockey. I just think that they need to get it through their mind that it's important. And when you've won back-to-back -back Stanley Cups, when you've played that good of hockey for that long, you know what's important and what's not. And I'm sorry, when you go to Detroit and you play them in front of no fans, like it's Pirates opening day, you're not thinking about that game being important. Nowhere near as important as the playoffs. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. As for goaltending, the Penguins have had the luxury the last two years of when they struggled on that side of things, they had the ability to put in Flurry. If he struggled, they put in Murray. But if Murray's healthy, how can you not trust him? He hasn't put it together this year. It's been the worst season of his professional career. Wasn't going to be hard to be his worst year, given what he's accomplished the last two years. But I think you also have to take into account the injury history. I think you need to take into account his father passing away. And then whenever he finally played good hockey coming out of grieving for his father, he was playing the best hockey of this season. He'll get into a rhythm. Why? Because I saw it this year. And because I saw it the last two years. 9.37 save percentage last year in the playoffs. 9.28 overall. You can question goaltending if you want. 
based on what you're seeing now. But if Randy Johnson was on a four-game stint where he's had bad results, I think you still want him starting game one. I think you still want Kirk Schilling on the mound, no matter how bloody his sock was. Uh, I think you want your stopper out there. I think you want that guy, and you're going to trust that guy. So I'll choose to trust Matt Murray. As for the depth, again, yeah, Brian Rust, there's depth there. And you look down the scoring list in the playoffs last year. Yeah, they had defensemen scoring goals, and they had people chipping in. But the vast majority of the offense came from Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and Phil Kessel. Malkin had 28. Crosby had 27 points. Kessel had 23. Jake Gensel had 21. He had a shooting percentage of 25. Guy led the league, the playoffs, in goals. Those four put the puck in the net. Those four facilitated. Two years ago, the Penguins had better depth. I'll grant you that. But last year's Penguins team being put up on this pedestal as if it were a team that was more talented than this year's team, I think it's all off base. The run last year was great. And, again, the greatest run I've seen in any local team that I've covered or watched over my years. Or read about, because I could do that. The things that they overcame, Chris Letang's injury and not playing well against Washington, not playing well, frankly, against Columbus or Nashville, held going to two overtimes against Ottawa, they beat the odds. So the run itself was great. But the fact that they had to beat the odds makes you realize that it's not because they were a great hockey team. They were just the last one standing. So Rob and I will disagree. That's okay. He'll probably be right because teams don't win the Cup three times in a row. But to dismiss them out of hand like this and say that they're not going to win two playoff games or that's the over-under, I think it's disrespectful to Mike Sullivan. And I think it's disrespectful to anybody with a high hockey IQ. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Opening day felt different today, man. We were there prior to the game, and I'll tell you what. The buzz wasn't there for a 3-0 baseball team. It just wasn't. It doesn't feel like opening day usually feels. Maybe it's the chill, but we've seen that before. It's that Bob Nunning's a D-bag, and finally we've hit a breaking point. But we talked to a few people before the game, some dumb dude. We talked to a guy who was high. In fact, let's let you hear that one. What's your name, man? Oh, I'm Zach. Zach. You drunk yet? Not yet. Trying. Getting there. How long until you're drunk? Uh, about 15, 20 minutes, yeah. <laughs> Pounding some Bud Lights? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Very good. Your faith in the club this year? High. High. Why? High. I love the young guys they got. We got rid of McCutcheon <laughs> and Colts, two guys that needed to go, and uh, I love the young pieces. Joe Mosgrove, uh, I think he's going to surprise some people. Uh, Colin Moran. Struggled a little bit out of the bat, but a nice double yesterday. I think the bat's going to play, and I, you know what? It's a young team. They're hungry. Are you high? Huh? <laughs> so I asked the guy, <laughs> why are you high on the team? And he said, high? Uh, that guy was stoned. Oh, yeah. Oh, he was. Out of his head. Tom pointed it out earlier. That's the funniest thing. Whenever you sit there and say, ask somebody who's high if they're high, there's always that initial, what? Yeah. They high? Get, they get offended almost that you ask them that question. Yeah. And they're yeah. taken aback by it. Like, oh, my God, what? Why are you so high on the Pirates? High? Well, and then yeah. I asked him if he was high at the end, and he said, oh? Yeah. <laughs> Baked out of his head. That's the only reason anybody would show up to opening day this year. There was year. a lot of gonge out there. Yeah, today. really. 
It, it smelled loud, as Adam said. Oh, yeah, yeah. loud? Is yeah. that what it was? It was loud? Yeah. I don't think I said it smelled loud. Is that what I said? I think so. Oh, boy. Because isn't the phrase, there was some loud weed? Yes. I'm that is loud weed. How do you, how do you know that? Uh, Tom, are you day. high? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Up next, we have our montage of idiots and yinzers we talked to earlier on today at PNC Park. We'll get to that. We've got Josh Yoey at 620. Plus, I'll break it down team by team. Which teams the Penguins could do away with early in the playoffs. It's the Crowley Show.